What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. Here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing, and Mark Higgins and myself are here to break it all down. We go through all four series, break down the key matchups. This one was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. ThunderBLG is the handle on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy this episode. Enjoy the hockey and the basketball this weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. We are back. The second round of the NHL playoffs are in full swing. What a wild end to the first round. It's been a couple weeks. I was in Asheville last week. Greg P. is now out west trying to be a cowboy or something like that. But Mark is here with me. Mark, how are you, my friend? Doing great, Jordy. Yeah, I, I know I'm no prophet like Greg P, but uh, hopefully I'm entertaining today and have some wisdom to share with the listeners. Oh, you always do. You always bring the, bring the heat. Greg though, not to my own horn. Cause it doesn't really matter. Cause this is all crazy shit. Uh, and the two teams that I thought were going to sweep got bounced, but Greg went four for eight. I went five for eight. So let's, let's, let's uh, all pat ourselves on the back for an excellent picking in the first round. Again, I picked the Penguins and the Maple Leafs to sweep their opponents, and they both lost in embarrassing fashion. The Toronto Maple Leafs blowing a 3-1 lead in a series. The Pittsburgh Penguins quite literally throwing their season away in Game 5 in double overtime with with Tristan Jari turning the puck over kind of crazily. The Bruins are through. They are currently the the furthest in their second-round series against the New York Washington Islanders, Capitals. I was about to call them the Frankie Borellis. Um <laughs> After a wild first two games, first one pretty sounded victory for the Bruins, but the second game, absolutely insane. They play game three tonight. In Canada, mass chaos ensued. Mentioned it, the Maple Leafs blew a 3-1 lead. Montreal moves on. The Edmonton Oilers got completely embarrassed by the Winnipeg Jets, getting swept themselves after... Basically getting shut out in two games. I know they scored a goal in the first one, but McDavid and Dreitzeidel, nothing there. Then they blow a three-goal lead in game three, go out quietly. In the central, we have Tampa, who I got right, with a Florida team that really just fell apart. We can talk about that in a little bit. And then Carolina, who we all had moving on. It took them an extra game than we all thought. Uh, Greg actually had them sweeping. And then out west, Avalanche. They swept the Blues out of the playoffs, and the Golden Knights went all the way to Game 7 against the Wild, and the Wild put up a fight, but the Golden Knights went through. They, however, got blown out in their first game against the Avalanche. Mark, I've talked a lot. I've gave a good summary, but what was your biggest takeaway or shock from the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Toronto, right? Losing they're up three, one in the series against Montreal. It's the first time they've played each other since what the earth, like seventies. Uh, I can give you that number in a second. Um, but just being up three, one and they were heavy favorites going in and then losing game five and six in overtime. 
Um, and then ultimately game seven. Um, yeah, that's the biggest shock. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I, I mean, I predicted Carey Price would allow Canadians to, you know, make Toronto fans a little nervous, make it a series just because he's a world-class premier goaltender. So ultimately, and, you know, Montreal's got good history in the past, like upsetting teams and doing well in the playoffs. So I thought it was possible they could make a little noise, did not predict them going through all the way. So uh, very entertaining. I love the drama uh, that Toronto media and all the players being interviewed and questioned and doubted and uh, Marner, Matthews, like big microscopes over them right now. Um, I love it. I'm soaking it all in. I, I don't like the Maple Leafs, but <laughs> not a fan of the Habs. Much, much easier. I mean, much more, but um, that's got to be the biggest shock for me. How about you? Yeah, that's got to be one. Uh, you mentioned it just to kind of put a bow on it. Uh, Galchenyuk, who started with the Canadians before going to Arizona, then going to Pittsburgh, then going to the Wild, and, and now after kind of a weird, he might have got. I think he got cut right, and that then ended up with uh, Toronto and kind of a weird trade, the salary yeah. dump. Uh, he gave a puck away in overtime in Game Five that really gave the the Maple Leafs life. Uh, they or gave the Canadians life. Excuse me, the Maple yep, Leafs yep. were coming back, and it looked like this was going to be, you know tie a bow on the series. You're going to win it in five after kind of looking like you might screw it up. Then the Canadians, you know, they win that, that game, the first game in Canada with fans, mind you, when Toronto or uh, Montreal charging out the wazoo for their, for their fan, uh, for their fans to come to games. But it was the young guys that we've talked about of that we were hoping to see in this series. You know, we, the first game was the last time we did a podcast and it's kind of crazy. It went all the way to seven games and that, short time period, but guys that were scratched, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Kakaniemi, they were the guys who ended up being a big difference maker, which if you're a Canadians fan, you got to be pretty excited about that. Carey Price, who, I mean, I joked in our group chat of saying, should he just get inducted into the Hall of Fame now of basically carrying, quite literally carry carrying, a team so many different times. He did it last year against Pittsburgh. He's been an MVP before. And Montreal, this isn't shocking considering how many Stanley Cups they've won, but they tie the NHL record for seven or for most series victories. I thought that was a seven there when being down three, one, which again, wow. not totally shocking considering how successful their franchise has been, but just incredible to see. And, and you mentioned it, Matthews, who, who really played himself a very good playoffs. I think he was a little more quiet in the back end of the series, you know, Toronto was overall. They only scored three goals in their final two games, and they didn't fail to score more than three goals in two other games prior in the series, in games one and three, and game three they won a defensive battle. But my big shock is probably going to be, I mean, I'll go with the Penguins. I'm going to say just the Panthers going out pretty, with a huge whimper. I know they they made it closer. Spencer Knight stole them a game. Uh, but that really, all four games they lost was just we talked about the first game with the Panthers that was great, and then Tampa kind of just put it, you know, put the extra gear on with Kucherov and the salary cap stuff. But really, Florida not putting up much of a fight outside of two really close, high-scoring games, and then a game where your rookie goaltender got hot. Um, that was a big bummer to me. Uh, but Pittsburgh is my my big letdown. A team that really seemed to be sailing into the playoffs well. The Islanders who. Yeah, they won the first game, but then Pittsburgh wins a, a low-scoring Islander-style game that we were talking a bunch about on the on the last episode. Then they win this crazy 5-4 game that night, 
And it seems like the Penguins can put this into cruise control. They can let this thing go. Islanders come back, though, that fifth game, and kind of you know planted their flag that we're not going out quietly. But then really, the, those final two games, that, that fifth game was fun and obviously went to double overtime and it was great. But Jari throws it away right away in, in the second overtime. And I didn't even realize the score was 5-3. It was basically a stick of fork in them type of moment of that sixth game. You could put your entire mortgage on the Islanders and they, they put it off and they really went out really again. I I'm shocked to, to learn that it was five to three was the final score. I, you know, uh, I guess looking at this, admittedly, this was the same night as the Sixers' second playoff game. So I was watching that and not watching this hockey game, but you know, the Islanders just, they weren't going away and, and you know, it really showed it there. And you're seeing a little bit in this Bruins series, but the Penguins, you know, this is something where at the start of the season we were talking about what should they do? Should they trade Crosby, kind of jokingly, but should they trade Malkin? All these different guys, how do you figure it out? Then the whole thing with Rutherford stepping down, Hextall jumping in, and, and Berkey coming in as the president of hockey operations. They're going to be a really interesting team to watch, I think, this offseason and going forward to see what they end up doing. Because it really, you know, the, the storylines around them have been since the expansion draft and losing... Flurry, who's a Vesna finalist now, and then trading Murray and now Jari, who was an all-star last year, really looked completely lost in those playoffs. That's got to be a, it's a shock to me. I thought they were going to go into full revenge mode and, and it didn't happen. So it's going to be really interesting, both as a fan of hockey, a guy that particularly doesn't like the Pittsburgh Penguins, although I you know try to look at them from an objective lens, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with them going forward. Yeah. I mean, I'll touch on, um, I agree with you with the Penguins and Islanders. I'll touch on that in a bit, but just to harp back on the the um, Canadian series with the Habs and Maple Leafs. Yeah. I mean, just to recap kind of what their seasons were looking like, like Toronto, I know the past years, it's like they need more veterans. They need to get more physical. We need some more beef in the lineup. You know, we need some more guys with playoff experience. So they loaded up with who Thornton, Wayne Simmons for, you know, that grinder type role. Uh, they got Zach Bogosian, who just won a Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay. Uh, they picked up Foligno on the trade deadline. So, you know, they're looking like, hey, we got all these skilled guys. We got these veteran guys. We got, you know, some 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 big heavy dudes as well for physicality in the playoffs. Uh, Jack Campbell was hot right into the playoffs. But, I mean, ultimately the Habs picked up who they pick up in the offseason, right? To Foley, Stanley, two Stanley Cups with the Kings. Uh, Eric Stahl, savvy veteran. Um, and both those guys, to Foley led the team in led Montreal on points in that series and Stahl led them in assists. So, um, you know, good, good. My point is good pickups by both teams. And what it ultimately comes down to is goaltending. What's the most important position in hockey goaltending carry price versus Jack Campbell unproven in the playoffs. Uh, and that's ultimately what the kryptonite was. And, and Matthews Marner, these top paid guys, 10 million each one goal between the two of them and seven games. That's not going to cut it. No. Um, Going to the Islanders Penguins, yeah, heading into it, I was like, I mean, I'm going to take the, the guy, the Crosby, Malkin, Latang, the guys with the Stanley Cup on two Stanley Cup, three Stanley Cups on their resume over the Islanders all day. But are, are you and I surprised that the Islanders won the series, like at all? I'm not. Like, yeah, they've it's been dangerous. Shock, I guess. No, like, they could beat anybody, you know, if, you, if they, if their goaltending's hot and they just capitalize on your mistakes. Um, I think Malkin was hurt. He wasn't himself. He had one good game. He took a bunch of bad penalties. Um, and Tristan Jari, eight 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 save percentage. I mean, come on versus Sorokin's nine three four. Like uh, Islanders are a pain in the ass. I'm scared for the Bruins right now. Um, 
And the Penguins, they have they have some some questions in the offseason. They have to look in the mirror and find out what direction do we want to go in. Like, do we want to keep the band together? Or do we want to break it up? If I was Burke, I would uh, you know keep Crosby. Obviously, he's going to be playing until he's in his forties, and and kind of I maybe try to get some value from Malkin while he's still relatively has some production left um i mean jeff carter they picked up he led their team in goals so like they tried to they tried to you know load up and help them but uh yeah i mean i'm i'm disappointed i didn't pick the islanders yeah i i really thought they were going to go on full revenge road because of the guys you're talking about this veteran group that thought they were gonna it it seemed like they were going to have this killer mentality and, and crosby had a great year in, in Jeff Carter. You mentioned it was red hot and yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it just, you thought it was going to be something that they'd come back with. And, and now it's kind of crazy. And we, we haven't really talked about the Capitals Bruins getting it done. The Bruins did, but the fact that both the Penguins and the brew or in the Capitals have failed to win a playoff series since their championships. And it's not for any particular reason. I don't think, except for maybe shaky goaltending, but it, you know, again, I guess that's your to your point of that it uh, it comes down to the the most important position in hockey, and I don't know their defense. Their defenseman had been pretty good, actually, on both teams, Capitals and Penguins, and it just I don't know it failed them when it mattered most. I mean, in the playoffs, it almost is more important from, and I'm just being a philosopher here, but I think what I'm gonna say makes sense. Like it's almost more important from the back up towards the forward. The forwards are almost the least important in the playoffs. It's almost like goaltending, having a solid decor, and then forwards with timely scoring. Um, And we were just talking about it before we started the podcast. The the three guys who were the Ted Lindsay finalists, not even including Ovechkin, but he's included in in losing the first round. You got Austin Matthews, um, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, four of the best guys in the whole world, the whole league. They're all bounced in the first round of the playoffs and what's the common factor between all of them goaltending yep they didn't have the goaltending to you know make a deep run in the playoffs um but we can move on what do you what do you got next yeah i mean so we talked a little bit about canada the other side of the series the mcdavid dright title i don't know it they completely went away they were completely ice cold mike smith i mean he didn't even play bad in that first couple games but it just was bad on all accounts from all of the Oilers there. So I don't know if you have any other thoughts to put on there. I think Hellebuck is in a really great position now to kind of show he never really went away. I know he won a Vesna, I think last year, but uh, you know, a lot of people I feel like kind of, kind of forgot about him and, and doubted him. And I feel like this is going to be a really fun series. If we want to quickly preview this, it starts tonight, this Canadians Jets series with two great goalies and some, more physical teams. This is going to be a probably old time hockey series. I'm pretty excited to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited as well. I mean, neither you or I or anybody else predicted these two to be the ones in, in the Canadian division matching up. Obviously, we all thought it was going to be Maple Leafs and Oilers. Um, those two teams were one and two in the regular season. So uh, a little bit of upsets here. Jets have had some time off um, sweeping the Oilers. I think they're going to be ready to go. I think they take game one tonight. That's going to be my prediction. I think they take the series as well. Yeah, it's a great story for Montreal. I think they're done again. I, I'm a big believer in the Jets. Maybe it's my uh, American bias with 
Helen Buck, Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, all being USA guys. Uh, but I think, I think they're a legit team. We've kind of, um, you know, not paid too much attention to them. They've kind of been sneaky, consistent um, this whole year. And that they got Pierre Luc Dubois. That was a huge trade. Ended up getting, being humongous, right? Just having that depth in the second line. Um, they're a legit team. Their first line might be like top three line behind Bergeron and McKinnon's line with, so they got Shifley, Wheeler, Kyle Connor, line one. Are you kidding me? Like, and the goaltending, like their defensemen, not a lot of well-known guys besides Morrissey. I don't, I can't tell you much about any of them else. I'm excited to watch them just to learn more about them, but um, I don't think they're going to sweep the Habs. I think they take them in six games five or six games. That's my prediction. What yeah. Think? I think the jets win too. I think Hellbuck, you know, just completely showing it off of what he's done. Um, and yeah, you, you mentioned of just kind of the, the jets are, a, I don't know, more mature version of the Canadians. Uh, uh, you know, they're just young. They have a lot of young youth, but they also have that, that depth that we've talked about. And yeah, I think they could have done it in six. I I think if this goes to seven, I know that game six is in the bell center and they have, they have fans. So we'll have to see, but I, I think this is going to be a really good series. If the jets do win it in five, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I got to give Montreal credit. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say six games. Um, but I do think, I think that top line for the jets gets it done. I think it'll be really interesting to see if the youth can keep being a factor for the Canadians, but seeing what the jets can do with their, team is is going to be a lot of fun definitely um yeah. i'm i'm i really kind of want to pay attention to that yeah i agree i'm uh, actually watching games yeah I, w- I would probably flip between this if the if the uh sixers weren't playing tonight and i wasn't going to the game uh hilariously we're recording this all before any of these games so you'll all know what the results are like the last time we recorded so- um but let's go over to the other series we mentioned it before Colorado and Vegas getting it done, um, you know, kind of a poor one out for the wild that really kept it close, but the avalanche demolishing Vegas in game one, when Vegas kind of in a surprise move, decided to go to Robin Leonard after Mark Andre Fleury had been red hot in that first round series. I guess the thought process was we're playing two days after a game seven. Let's go with another goalie. That's basically been, a number one for us and go that way. Mark, what was your thoughts on that, that decision? And I guess on this series in general, I mean, it's been working for them all year, right. Going back and forth between the two guys. And I remember this was a controversy maybe last year in the playoffs playing Leonard or flurry. Um, I just think why, you know, change what's, if it's not broken, why, why try to fix it? Like, yeah. Flurry clearly. And I think that messes with the goalie too. Like yeah, you can do that in the regular season, but if the guy's hot in a playoff series, I don't know. It's I, I don't agree with that unless he was like hurt, which we will never know. But um, I think it was a bad move. What are they going to do tonight? Is is Flurry starting? That I need to look up actually. Let's see if uh, if anything's been announced. But it's, it, it's, either way, that game is is kind of a confidence killer. I feel like to either side. I feel like with Flurry is something to prove. We also got named a Vesna finalist uh, for the season. So that's good. But if you're Leonard, you hope you're not fucking starting this. I would think he got lit up by Nate McKinnon and, and 
the rest of his mer- his band of merry men. I guess Landis Gog is the is the captain, but McKinnon's on a fucking mission these playoffs. So it'll I mean, be uh, fun to see. If I'm a betting man, yeah, everybody, Colorado's a hot team right now, but I'm really going to take... Flurry is starting. He's been announced already. I'm taking... If, I'm going to take Vegas tonight in a parlay with um, the Jets. I, I mean, Vegas made it to the Stanley Cup, what, two or three years ago. They they have veterans on their team. They're, they're not going to take that game one whooping lightly. Colorado's been doing that to every team. What's Colorado going to do when it's a tight game? How are they going to respond when they face some adversity? It's, so far, it's been pretty much a cakewalk for them. I think Vegas has veterans in the room that can respond to that first game. And, you know, they, they can, they're at home again tonight. They're not going to let that happen again. I really like Vegas game too. And I like Vegas in the series. I mean, I picked them to make it to the Stanley cup. Um, Colorado is a hell of a team. Like, Oh my, like the talent that they have best decor in the league, best first, second best first line in the league. Um, This is going to be a six series. uh, What do you think? Yeah. So, I think Colorado gets it done tonight, but I think it really drastically changes when it goes back to Vegas. I just think another game here, it's buzzing in Denver between them and the Nuggets and the Avalanche. That's right. I'm sorry. I thought it was in uh, – I thought it's been – game one was in Vegas. I think no, no, you're all good. I, I didn't want to correct you because I, I kind of misheard what you were saying. So uh, I didn't want to, want to be like, oh, yeah, this. Um, but anyway, if the Avalanche, they're, they're rolling. And you mentioned that they, they do need to – kind of face some adversity there but i think that's i feel like it's it's more important to face it on the road because you're going to have it anyway although they're basically locked in we, interestingly enough mark all four spots for the next round are, are pretty much locked or not even pretty much they are locked into it'll be whoever wins this series the west division will be the effective one seed in the final four and will face the canadian winner either montreal or winnipeg and then the east and central will face each other because of just how it all shaped up of the Knights and Avs are the top two teams in terms of points remaining. The Canadians and Jets are the th- are the seventh and eighth team in points re- in total points, and the middle teams. I think it's the the Bruins Islanders or no the the Lightning Canes winner gets home ice for the for the semifinal versus the uh, Bruins Islanders winner. But coming back to this Western series, I do think it's going to be really fun. I think it's, it's literally going to come down to can a team win a road game? And I think that game three is going to be pivotal. I think this is going to be really close tonight. I do. I, you know, it's hard to bet overtime. The 60 minute three way to bet a tie is usually plus 400, 500, 600 for a reason. And, but I do think this is something that Vegas responds. And if they don't, then that just makes game three so much more important to see how they respond coming home. Um, I do think it's a huge bummer and I get why it's, it's a seven or no, it'd be an eight o'clock start for Denver. Um, cause they're mountain time, but it's kind of a bummer that it's a 10 o'clock start on this game. I'd love to watch it at least on the 30th. It was the Sunday night of Memorial day weekend. You can watch it then, but, um, yeah, this a Wednesday night, 10 PM start. I mean, at least give us like a nine 30, the staggered right. starts or something. I don't know. You, you could wonder like, why aren't we getting more? afternoon games and stuff like that especially with the few different teams or the few different teams that aren't allowing total fans in there you know we're getting day baseball we've gotten we haven't even really gotten day basketball but i don't know that this would be like a prime example of something i feel like that you could get away with like maybe doing a 7 30 8 o'clock start where it's 5 36 o'clock in denver and i know they're letting more fans in so maybe maybe do a nine o'clock start but 
I don't know. This my point being is I I'm already feeling the FOMO that I'm going to miss probably the end of this game because I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I got a hockey game tonight at nine, so I'm going to come back home probably at like eleven and just be still wired oh, up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be loving it. I'm, yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> and you know, I think we didn't mention this, but the two kind of polarizing. Um, goons slash you know instigators on both these teams are suspended right now with You're ryan right. reeves and, and cadre so something just to keep in mind so revo let's explain that one in game one ryan reeves basically went for the head and he's suspended for two games correct yes and then when when does cadre come back it's pretty close right oh didn't he get a big like eight games is that how long oh yeah so he might he might be out through this series because they, because they took care of the Blues so quickly, uh, the irony of the sweep, I guess. But they haven't really needed him just yet. And I guess with no Ryan Reeves, you technically don't need him. I mean, you'd like to have the big checker there. But you mentioned it, the best decor in the league, and it's just been incredible for them to do it and to watch what these guys have been able to to put together. Um, you know, Kel McCarr scored a power play goal when it was granted it was six one at the time, making it seven one, but. You know, he's he's getting it done. You're seeing guys like Gerard really get more involved. It's this decor is getting more and more comfortable. And I think that's more and more worrisome for the rest of the, the NHL. And they are missing Eric Johnson, who was their correct you know, first overall pick 2006. Um, big, he's only 33 years old still, but they are missing him. So that does hurt you a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I mean, um, Cam McCarr, Gerard. Uh, Graves, Taves, they have a lot of talent back there. And Isn't I think Taves hurt, or is he back in the lineup? Have to check the notes on that one. But uh, their goaltender was one of the Vesna finalists. Yeah, you're you're, you're exactly Grubauer, right. Grubauer, so Grubauer is. Which I mean, you know, another team that kind of didn't give up on him. He was their backup when they won the Stanley Cup. But the Capitals, you know, they lost Holtby. You know, do you think they're worried? You think they wish they held on to this guy? I mean, the backup goalie position has become more and more, not even the backup, the 1B has become so much more crucial. I mean, look at Vegas, Sands, Robin Leonard, game one. All right. Is that one that you're, is that one you're, you're regretting if you're the Capitals? I mean, they picked up Lundqvist for a reason, right? They couldn't yeah. have predicted he'd have that heart issue that he did. Um, and they had two young guys behind him. So uh, is what it is. Um, so I, I was wrong. I guess Devin Davis is fully healthy. I know he was banged up at one point, um, but regardless. Yeah. So I like the abs here. I like them. I like them in six. I'm going to just go that way. It's hard to predict a game seven. It's hard to say they're just going to keep winning home games until we really see what game three looks like, especially with what the abs did in game one. So I'm going to say they win this in six. They steal one. Maybe they steal game four Knights come back and have a, a solid game three and, have still game four, win game five, and then uh, I guess I'm saying that they, they'd then win. They'd have to lose two games. Um, yeah, so I'll say they still game six. I think that's that a good that's a good pick by you. That's yeah. probably a smart thing to do. I'm going to ride with my, my my team that I picked to go all the way. Obviously, that's not smart, but smart pick is your pick. Um, one thing I think before we move on that is kind of cool. If you've ever seen a Colorado game at home, uh, what they do when like a guy gets out of the box. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, a little Mario, Mario, uh, yeah, mushroom the, uh, the mushroom sound noise, effects. But... Yeah. Love that. Yeah. 
uh which was pretty great that i noticed that the other night too which i think all of twitter was a blaze of noticing that which again it's one of these things we, we talk about a lot with like mcdavid getting kind of hidden uh it's why greg hates mike trout and the like these west coast teams that we just don't get a ton of eyeballs on and i, I mean like i knew could be, i knew about that i knew about that right, you knew all right all right you're one of the real that's, ones that's nothing new they've been doing um, that for years yeah, I'm sure they have been, but how many Colorado Avalanche games am I staying up for? Not a ton. I just follow their box scores and choose them in daily fantasy. Um, <laughs> I wonder if ESPN will change that. We shall see. We shall see. Have you seen, and I wanted to use this as a nice segue, do you see, and we probably should have done when we were talking about Canada, but Stephen A. Smith now like doing rants on the hockey teams losing on various aspects. The two big ones that went viral or him freaking out about McDavid and Austin Matthews both losing. But it's hilarious that this guy who, like, he even admits he doesn't really know. He says, I don't know a lot about, I don't know a lot about hockey yet. He, like, emphasizes the yet. But it's so funny that he's already rambling about it, that the ESPN NBA people and even the TNT NBA people, I noticed this last night, have been like pumping up hockey's tires for the playoffs because they're getting the the contracts. So I think that's I think pretty they, cool. I think they secretly like it. Oh, like, I'm I think sure Stephen do. A secretly is entertained by it and wants to know more about it. Uh, I saw the McDavid one. I didn't see the Matthews one, but I, I don't know. He's he's hilarious. He's entertaining. I can only take him in small doses before yeah. I get sick of him. But um, I, I like. I'm a Stephen A. fan for sure. Yeah, I've gone back and forth. The the more the most bullshit one was he like when Chip Kelly was about to get fired as the Eagles coach, he like claimed he like saw a bunch of players and he just named a random street corner that like, it, like it's now in like a year from now, it'll be a bunch of apartments. Like, like maybe you'd believe that NFL players lived, lived in cause it's near the subway. But like, it was like a, it's like a parking lot and like a fucking like office building. So why would Eagles players be hanging out there? Um, so it's like kind of like this, this guy just like does like pretty much baseless, claims on all this stuff has, has been my take but the rants where he's just yelling about nonsense have really has turned me a little bit maybe it's um me getting a little soft in my old age but anyway let's keep moving um we mentioned it but we haven't really do- dove into the east we mentioned the capitals losing but we all picked the bruins obviously you and greg did but that that wasn't a huge shock that once the Bruins got rolling that they really took care of the Capitals. The Islanders, we mentioned with the Penguins, this game, this series is 1-1. Game three is Thursday night, June 3rd, when this podcast will have been dropped uh, tomorrow night for us. But Mark, you as the Bruins fan, break it down for me. The Bruins won 5-2 in game one. Then it went to overtime last night. You know, this is now what, the third over, the fourth overtime? that you've had to experience, or I guess the fourth overtime game, the fifth overtime. But what's your, what are your thoughts going into the series? It's kind of exactly how I thought it would play out. This is going to be a dog fight to the very end. It's going to go seven games. Um, Islanders, you know, never quit. The Bruins never quit. They both can be down by a goal, two goals, three goals. They're both going to fight to the very end and act like they're not even down. They're never going to quit. Um, Islanders are like, so they have so much depth, each line, they just keep coming and coming and coming and they all play very similar um, they're stacked, like just within their D I, I'm learning like Pollock and Pellick, these, these guys, their top two D uh, with legit. Nick Letty. They're legit. Like I just was yeah. looking more into them. I'd never really focused. They're, they're like playoff studs. They completely shut the flyers down last year and they yeah. have, um, they have Andy green, old devil's captain. Who's just yep. been found like yep. a complete, like, I don't know what 
Lou, I guess he maintained really good relations with the uh, the New Jersey Devils organization because he just takes old Devils and gives them second life on the on the island, and it's been crazy to see that. But like the fact that he they've had Andy Green for a couple of years, they just picked up Zajac and Paul Mary, and they've been pretty good. They're pretty good in game two. Um, obviously, Paul Mary scored the the game winner in game two uh, on a kind of an unfortunate bounce for the Bruins, but I agree with you. I think this series is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to live up to the hype we thought the Capitals Bruins was going to. And I agree. I think this goes seven. I like the Bruins to win this. Um, I think, though, that if the Bruins, in the similar way they did with the, the Capitals, if they break the Islanders back in some fashion at the Coliseum, this could end quick. But I do like it for seven games. Yeah, I mean, I think Bruins can beat them even quicker than that, maybe six. But I mean, yeah, like I was saying, the Islanders are stacked. And they have that yeah. two-headed Russian monster in net. Um, and yeah, 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 game two, a couple bad bounces for the Bruins. Um, you know, off somebody's skate that went in and then off a DD pass, which really isn't a bad bounce. That was dumb by uh, Lausanne. Um, we'll see if he gets scratched. Uh, Bruins are really missing Kevin Miller, Craig Smith. Yeah, there's injuries that are going to happen in the playoffs. No one's ever going to be fully healthy, but um, – Kevin Miller, yeah, he's not the best puck mover, but and I've talked about him a lot in this podcast, but he really just brings that element of everybody's protected on the ice when he's out there. Like Clutterbuck's not going to go around th- hitting people from behind, slashing people, because Miller is going to protect you and yeah. beat your ass if you do. And that that's so underrated in hockey when you know you have that safety belt behind you and it makes you be more right po- poised and composed and be able to – everything slows down because you're more calm because you know somebody's got your back. And that's why he's really missed – um, I think he, him and Craig Smith were practicing today and Tuca, there's news that he's hurt as well. Um, so that's not good news. Are we going to get a uh, Vladder, Darth Vladder in there? No, they, they, they got uh sway man. Yeah. The sway man, the rookie, <laughs> um, he could steal a couple and yeah, the Islanders played Sorokin game one and then who comes in for game two Varlamov. Right. So uh, game three is going to be, Thursday night um, going to be highly entertaining and this is going to be a hell of a series. The big thing, and I'll, I'll end on this before you go is um, good news to the Bruins. Barzell hasn't really woken up yet. He's still very quiet. Um, if he does start being the superstar that he is, Bruins are in trouble, but um, keeping him quiet. If he's, if he is shut out, like he has been Bruins are going to take this series. Yeah, that's actually a really good point of like the first two games are in Boston. They get the last change and they can match them up with whichever line they want to. And that's one thing the Bruins really have at their advantage. And the, the Islanders have this too. It's just really good two-way hockey down straight down the middle, whether it's your defensemen and obviously the centers that the Bruins have. So you're able to match them well. So that'll be really interesting to watch in games three and four to see how the Islanders have the last change with Barzell going out, seeing if they can take advantage of a mismatch. But I don't know. It, it's something that you can see this with the Islanders. And there's a reason why teams, the Penguins did it a little bit in the last series of making them at times look a little lost. And it's not necessarily a last change strategic aspect to it. Like the flyers took them to seven games, like when they couldn't totally close it out, like depth becomes a thing for them. You mentioned their defensemen and, and going back to your thought of the goaltending is first, then the defensemen, then the forwards. But like, if you can get those mismatches or like, looking at that depth in the third and fourth lines and like how often that fourth line's coming out and the, the greatness of having a good fourth line in the playoffs, 
that that could become a thing, which is why I think the Bruins ultimately win this series. Yeah, I mean, I think the Islanders actually have, in my opinion, like the advantage with the third and fourth lines, although Charlie Coyles looked well, looked yeah. good, I think. Um, yeah, they have, they have a solid bottom six. It, this is why it's such an intriguing series to, to look at. I just think like there's times when they let up. It's This is like a dumb guy take of just like they haven't they, – maybe the, the game five against the Penguins when they did close it out that well kind of you know, curbs this theory. But like the fact that like that they kept the Penguins around in, in games really up until then of these comeback – you know, these games where they do a really good job of coming back and and never really being an easy out i mean game one in this series aside but i don't know that there's there's something about the fact that tampa took them to to work really well when they finally started to last year the fact that they didn't totally close out the flyers when they really had him dead to rights and carter hart stood on his head a little bit but which hopefully that happens this fall good lord hopefully that happens but regardless there's something to it that i just feel like and you're right. There, there is something to their their bottom six. Now looking at on it a little more with uh, on cap friendly and looking at the, the lines there. But um, I don't know. This is going to be really fun to watch, and and I I'm pretty excited for it. I think if this starts getting high scoring and the Islanders have to play catch up, then yeah, I, I think I think the Bruins really have a good shot of uh, making this potentially go shorter than seven. Yeah, with these two teams, they really just, you know, defensive style, but whoever gets it deep and starts pounding the D and causing turnovers um, is going to win this series and then capitalizing on your power plays um, and getting some bounces as well. Yeah, that's kind of the recipe for, for winning all hockey games, but especially for these two because they're so disciplined in the way they play. Not a, like Islanders, not a lot of creativity there besides Barzell. You, you see do some stuff, magical stuff, but it all comes down to just – matchups getting it deep not turning it over getting lucky bounces um it's yeah I don't, they all say islanders aren't fun to watch but i don't it's they are kind of fun to watch they've the been playoffs. fun these playoffs yeah that, that's for certain i think the shortened season helps them too of like they have all their games against the flyers this year which is primarily when i watched them i wasn't tuned for the, the exact reason you just said of the the stigma that they're not fun to watch i wasn't tuning on into a random Islanders game, but against the flyers, they were a fun team to just look and see how well they do. Even after Anders Lee went down, which was Greg's big knock against them, which may be the reason why they end up losing in full honesty. But I don't know. This seems like we're, we're destined for another Tampa Boston. I won't blow it, but a Tampa Boston, uh, I guess, de facto Eastern conference final, but we'll, uh, we'll get to the, the South, the central in a second, but, I don't know. You said you think Bruins in seven as well. Unfortunately. Yeah. I hope it doesn't go to seven. I don't want to get that nervous, but um, going back to long Island tied one, one isn't a good sign. So yeah, let's just go with it. Bruins and seven. Sure. All right. right. So the final series, the central division, the South, basically Carolina manhandled Nashville. Nashville kept in it a little while, a little longer than we thought. I mentioned that Tampa, Florida series, kind of a little bit of a letdown, especially after that first game in Florida, really going quietly when they did lose. But this series, Tampa has won the first two games, each two one. And you mentioned weird bounces. That kind of stuff has happened for Tampa in these first two games. Carolina finds themselves going back to Amelie arena. Their third game being Thursday night as well, down two to one. And Mark, Tampa, an unreal home team. Is this series over? Uh, yeah, but I mean, down 
like Tampa just won two road games. What's the percentages of the team who lost their first two games at home winning the rest of the series? Probably I think like- it's pretty low. I, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is uh, the Capitals did the year they won the Stanley Cup. They went down 2-0 to Columbus, going back to Columbus, and then Grubauer took over and brought him back into the series. And your Flyers versus my Bruins in like 09 or 10. It was 2010. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one. Um, no, the Flyers were, yeah, they were the seventh seed that year. So, yeah, they definitely weren't. They didn't have home ice advantage. <laughs> they did in the Eastern Conference final, though, because it was seven versus eight in 2010. But it's very low. That is a, a very astute observation. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think I kind of blew what I was going to say of that it's it's pretty much over. I don't think it's a sweep. I don't either. Um, I think Carolina wins game three, Tampa wins game four and five. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Carolina goes down 3-0, wins a game, and then then maybe gets done in five. It's hard to say because they go back home and you think the storm surge gives them an opportunity to get to game six, but I, I don't really see it. It's Maybe you're right. Maybe they win Thursday and then Saturday afternoon. A Saturday afternoon game is kind of a – that's a weird one, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them get swept at this point. You, you got to hope that they get something either I don't, a stand, a goalie standing on his head type of game from uh, our boy. I'm going to fuck up his name again, but the, the young guy, I don't know of, of how do you get this done? Cause they're not going to beat they're not going to beat Tampa in a track meet. They don't have like, they have really good, a really good top six, but like, are Slavin and Dougie Hamilton really going to, you're telling me they're really going to outbeat like a headman, a, you know, all of those guys. I, I just don't see it. it. It's just, it's unfortunate. Cause I think this would have been, or could have been the series of the century, but yeah. I don't know. Carolina just, they really shat the bet. Trocheck just got hurt too. He's yeah, he was right. injured again. He's not going to come back in three. He's a, you know, clutch goal scorer. The, Tampa Bay has not allowed a five on five goal in this series in two games. So yikes. That's scary. I mean, identical box, identical scores. Yeah. Both games, Tampa two one, Tampa two one. Um Tampa's a wagon. I know Greg said told us to say that. They are just terrifying. I feel like we're about to experience like what Pittsburgh was with their little championship run, what LA Kings were, what the, you know. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks were like, this is going to be not just one championship, but two or three. Like they are that good. They have that much depth. They have one of the best goaltenders in the world. They have the best defenseman in the world. And they have two of the best, they have the best forward, one of the best forwards in the world. Right. And they're a lot of depth. Uh, Killorn, Sorelli, um, Stamkos is having a hell of a series. What's his name? Uh, Who was their, their top guy last year in the playoffs? And he's like the third, third guy now. Rust. Oh, um, uh, I'll pull it up, but, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're absolutely right. Their roster is, it's completely stacked and I don't know. Do you think it changes something while I get that name about of like the, the, the different salary cap stuff that they were able to do? Do you think that gets any sort of talk amongst GMs or anything to, uh, you know, not be able to circumvent the cap like they were here? No, I don't because how many teams can sit out their best player the whole year or most of the year and then still make the playoffs? Like that's how stacked they are. Yeah, I guess it's a fair point. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, Cernak, McDonough. I mean, they have McDonough hanging out there who like 
kind of a sneaky move they did a few years ago when the Rangers made their like soft reset that we're still waiting to totally work. But Pat Maroon comes over um, or no, he came over last year. He, you know, back-to-back Stanley cup champion Goudreau has been unreal and other kind of just silent, but deadly move they did. And you're absolutely right. They're completely stacked and a complete and utter threat. I mean, to, to pull, go fully into the puns, it's, you know, the storm is, is about to the hurricane or shit. They're the hurricanes. The hurricane's about to get done outdone by the storm or I don't know. I'm fucking it up there. <laughs> the lightning it's, is about to flash is about to crush flat, out flash the, the hurricane. I don't know. Some we weather, are some not weather, good at that. Weather related puns. Greg would be great. At it this. was Braden point is who I was talking about earlier. Oh, I was wondering if that's who you're talking about, but he was the, he was their leading point getter this year. <laughs> I mean, I was talking oh. about last year in the playoffs. Like yeah, he yeah. was just, I, he, nobody could stop him. Yeah, he's unreal. I mean, he's to your to your point. He's just that good. And what's crazy, Mark, is that so many of these guys this year, and I guess that just like two years ago, Tampa looked like what you were talking about. The start of this complete dynasty type team and Vasilevsky running away with any sort of Vesna uh, finalist also won this year, but they end up getting swept. And now like, they came into this into this playoffs as the third best team in their division. I don't know where they would have been in terms of East West and how that all shakes up because the central was kind of this hodgepodge East West division, but it's, you know, it, it's crazy to think that they may not have had home ice in their, in their playoffs this year and seeing what happens if they had, had to get stacked up against the, the rest of the Atlantic division, the, the, the Bruins and the Canadian teams, but the fact that like two years in a row, they've had these weird struggles and then they come into the playoffs and they look like the team from two years ago in the regular season. The fact they're able to do that. And mind you, they also this year, I think crazily enough are one of the, not even crazy, but they're just like, they're just flexing their defensive prowess of being one of the least scored upon teams in the league, which Carolina actually was better than them at that. And is is kind of just falling by the wayside. It's crazy to think that this is this series could just be over without really any sort of excitement that I think the three of us all would have thought two weeks ago, saying this this could be our second round matchup. Yeah, I mean, Jordy, remember two years ago, President's Trophy, best record ever in the NHL. Um and then they got swept first round. So what yeah. do you think they learned from that? Let's you know, regular season means nothing. Let's you know, keep it in your pants. Let's save our energy for when it really matters. When the real season starts, they pulled the load management LeBron type thing this season. They didn't really care. They knew what they knew when the real season started and they were prepared and ready to go when it, when it happened. And they're showing it right now. They're a dangerous team. Um, and, and this, they do have a core that's been together for a while now. I mean, they, they lost in the Stanley cup in 2015 against the Blackhawks. I remember, uh, watching it in their third line, they were talking about how good this third line was. Guess who the third line was back then? It was like uh, Kucherov. Sorry, we might have to cut this. I just had it and I lost it. Pull it up. Yeah, but you're exactly right that the the Lightning, like a lot of these guys have been there for for that long. I mean, they had guys, Ryan Callahan, Kucherov was hanging out there. Killorn was on that team. Uh, fucking Jonathan Marsh's show was yeah. on that team before they, he had to go there. Pilat. Their third line. So their third line, what I was going to say, it was Tyler Johnson at center. They had yeah. Pie at Pie, however you say his name, Andre Palat. Andre Palat. 
they had Tyler Johnson and Kucherov. That was like their third line in 2015. And everybody was talking about how good they are, how good they are. Those guys are still on the team now, as is Hedman, as is Stamkos, um, as is Killorn. So, like, yeah. they know what it – they've been to the Stanley Cup. Lost was on Stanley that team, too. He wasn't they, playing because they had been Bishop, right. but he was on that team. So, they lost in the Stanley Cup. They won the President's Trophy, got swept in the first round. Um, then they picked up guys like Ryan McDonough, like Pat Maroon, like guys who've been there, done that. Uh, they're a wagon. They have – they have youth, they have veterans, they have superstars. They got kind of it all. They got a good coach that they believe in and even great weather down there. Damn it. So I'm a little nervous. I mean, first, I'm not going to talk. Bruins have to get through the Islanders first, but um, yeah, hurricanes are in trouble and I had them winning this series. Look at me. I don't think anybody should listen to me from here on out, but uh, yeah, uh, I think Carolina takes game three though. After, after all that, after my rant. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably, I think it's Tampa and I'm going to say Tampa and six. I say they close out the series, win the division officially on home ice. I feel like Carolina comes home and it's hard to think that they completely go, uh, go out quietly in front of their fans and how wild that place has been in the playoffs. So I'm going to say Tampa and six. Um, that's going to have them doing a lot of smelling salts in the yeah, locker room. They, they're going to be, they're going to be all out. This is war. This is battle. We do not lose. We do not leave without a victory. I mean, a guy who just completely gets them completely pumped up. I don't know. It'd be if Carolina wins the next two games, though, like the most improbable thing. But watch out. I mean, then then it's a completely new series. You know, obviously it's a best of three at that point. But if they start rolling, who knows? But you were on similar pages here of thinking that it's going to be Tampa Bruins. And then the the Jets and the and you have the Knights, not the Avalanche. I don't know what Greg's picks were. I know he had the Bruins, but I, I don't have his other three. But it's gonna be fun. I think the the playoffs have been awesome so far. I know there have been some games that have been let down, some blowouts. Um, but the fact that we got a game seven in the first round and in the division we thought was the biggest layup, you know, these have been good playoffs. And I think uh with hockey getting getting onto the more major networks, I feel like NBC stepped up their uh presentation for the final round of their playoff showing. And I know we talked about that a little bit, but I think uh, all signs are pointing positive for the NHL right now. Yeah, this has been great. Um, it's been awesome. And even and while the superstars lost in the first round, right. I've still been highly entertaining. Um, the league, the league's in a good place right now. Yeah. I guess the the thing you can point point to, was that last year's playoffs were that way too? Granted, last year was a weird playoffs with COVID and all that sort of stuff, but um, you know it's definitely in a great spot. And the one of the actually t- both two of the teams that were in the final four uh, didn't even make it to the. Uh, or no, 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 Vancouver lost in the third in the second round. Uh, but you get my point. There's a number of teams that were even in the final eight that didn't even make the playoffs: the Flyers, the Stars, the Canucks, all these different teams that, you know, the, the league's in a really good place. And I think it'll be really interesting to hear what ends up happening with the third round, the semifinal round, whatever the hell they want to call it, of what the Canadian teams end up doing. Are they just going to say, we're going to use a hub city for them, stick them somewhere. It'll be really fun to see, um, especially if Vegas loses. I know t- certain people have thought that maybe Vegas ends up being a hub for the Canadian team, which would be insane, but we'll see what ends up happening. I think, 
I mean, I do know the Habs and Winnipeg are having um, vaccinated healthcare workers in their stands. Yeah. Shame on Ontario and Toronto for not doing that. They still wouldn't allow that just like yeah. their golf courses. Screw that province. I'm done with them. Um, <laughs> no, tra- yeah. no traveling from Mark Higgins. It's good. It's good to see the Jets and Habs are letting their fans in the stadium, some of the fans, but yeah. Um, you know, that's the first series in the second round or later between two Canadian teams since 2002. What a stat, Jordy. Look at yeah. you. Where are you pulling these from? Uh, this one was on Wikipedia, but you know, we it's, obviously it's talked about that the last Canadian Stanley Cup was in 1993, so it's been that long, but it's insane that like just the, the fact that Canada has is like that barren of having of that sort of thing. It's nuts. Right? You think what six teams? In Canada, seven teams, seven teams in Canada. Um, you know, it's, that's their sport up there. That's all they pay attention to. Uh, you'd think that one of them would win a cup in 28 years, 27 years. Um, there was an interesting, I, this might've even been back in the Grantland days of a, a really interesting article that talked about like the Canadian dollar versus the U S dollar and why that's a big part of it. And just basically fluctuating prices and all that sort of stuff. Um, like think about it, the, the couple of years that the, the U S was in the financial crisis. The when we were graduating from high school, the Canadians were the number one team in the NHL, like that sort of stuff. Um, it's a, uh, it was definitely fascinating, but you're right. Like why some of these teams have had troubles get, putting together some sort of mega wagon. If you can't, if you would um, is kind of nuts that it just hasn't happened. I mean, I think the last time a Canadian team was in the final four was, 2018 with the jets losing to the the golden knights so yep. you know something crazy is uh is going on there but we'll we'll see you know it'll be fun to to find out what happens with the with it with a canadian team in the final four just by default um i'd love to see some sort of upset though that'd be kind of nuts that the two teams with the one of the two teams with the uh lowest points ends up being you know being the the goliath to slay david although i I want to see the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. Um, may or may not have financial gain on the line there, but it'd be fun to see. You know, just the uh, the story of it. Question, Jordy: Does um is this this a full out bracket now? Like, the, do if the Bruins win, would they play Tampa if they win, and or would it just like flip? There's no East and West. It's like yeah, so there's no East and West. It's what it would normally be, or what it's supposed to be, is that it reseeds based on the number of points that everybody had, like it used to when it was East West uh, um, and one to eight. But because of the fact that the Colorado and Vegas have the, of the eight remaining teams, they have the two highest, the two Canadian teams have the two lowest. They're automatically locked in just by just looking at the numbers. And it's kind of weird. The second, so Colorado, Vegas, they're one, two, Carolina, Tampa are three, four Bruins Islanders are five, six, and then Winnipeg and Montreal are seven, eight. So think of it that way almost. Um, So no matter what, you'll get the winner of the West versus the winner of the North. And no matter what you get the winner of the central versus the winner of the East with the West winner hosting the North winner and the central winner hosting the East winner, no matter what, just by weird circumstance. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, kind of crazy, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. Um, 
But Mark, anything else before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, I mean, I'm just looking at a bracket right now. I just think, yeah, the consensus would be it's going to be Colorado Tampa in the yeah. finals, right? That's the, what everybody's thinking. I'm thinking Vegas and jets on the, on the left side, Bruins, Tampa on the Eastern side, and it's going to be Vegas and the Bruins in the finals and then coin flip. Okay. All right. Yeah. What I you, still what like, you got? Uh, I, I got to agree with you of Tampa and, and Colorado. I did say Colorado and the Bruins, uh, the start of the of the playoffs. So that'd be fun to see. It'd be fun to uh, have you guys potentially get another one of uh, to help you root out there. Um, I'd love to see some sort of crazy upset, though. Hopefully not the Islanders because I'm kind of sick of them. Um, I mentioned it with the Jets. It'd be cool, but I, I want Colorado to win. It'd be nuts if Carolina like just turned it on one four straight and went from there. But who knows if that'll happen? So we'll see uh, tonight. And Thursday are going to be crucial, crucial, crucial nights, obviously with three game threes or two game threes and a, you know, a series kicking off tonight. We'll uh, have to see how it all goes. Jordy, have you seen that new show on HBO, uh, Mayor of Easttown? You heard Um, about it? So, Mark, not only have I watched all of Mayor of Easttown, Mark, before I went to Berkshire, I attended public school in the Tredeferin Easttown School District. Wow. How about yeah. those? How about those accents with their waters and their homes and so it's it's Bill, it's, it's water water home hoagie ketchup. Uh, so it takes so East Town is not actually in Delaware County. It's in well, East Town isn't even really a town. It's a township, which is a Pennsylvania thing. Um, and it's and it's not it's in Chester County, which is neighboring to Delaware County, where that accent is very prevalent. Uh, but there's a lot of other fun little landmarks that pop out there. Uh, that I would bore a lot of people that don't give a shit about. Random... How do you say Wawa? I say Wawa. I don't really have the accent. I uh, <laughs> my dad being a New Yorker, my mom being from Chicago. I sometimes you can sometimes hear both of those accents come out of me. More so Chicago, Chicago, uh, come out of my mouth. But the uh, yeah, the Delco, it uh, it's a it's a crazy one. It's similar to the Baltimore accent that you'll hear Scott Van Pelt say on his Sports Centers a lot with Tim Kirchin. Great, great accents. Great show. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, you, you uh, you you watch the whole thing? Have you finished it? Finished it on um, yeah. Memorial Day. Yep. Yeah. How about pretty, you? Oh, yeah. I finished it all. It was uh, we missed episode when we were in Asheville, so we watched the penultimate right before the finale aired. It was uh, it was a good time. I didn't even know about it. I watched it literally in one day. Yeah, the whole show. Yeah, Just yeah, crushed yeah. it. It's pretty good. Uh, if you have not watched it, go check it out. Mayor of Easttown on HBO, starring Kate Winslet. Evan Peters is in there. Guy Pierce is in there randomly. Roy from The Office plays uh, Kate Winslet's ex-husband. A lot of uh, faces you might recognize. She's in the Titanic, and that is the first time I ever saw a female boob. Oh, so thank you, Kate Winslet. That's uh, it's where Mark. It's where Mark became a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, thank you, Greg. I hope you. Uh, I hope you're rattling cattle or, or wrangling cattle or whatever the hell he's trying to do out there. Um, but everybody enjoy the hockey, enjoy the basketball, enjoy baseball, you know, great weather. Let's go bees. Everybody have a good week. Um, let's take them down in long Island. Let's go bees. Here we go. 